Alrighty, welcome to Eagle's Nest Studio 2, actually in Studio B today, a very rainy night before it gets wickedly cold here, Fox Trading in a Foxhole, Season 5, Episode 2, number 130 overall, your faithful host Ken Harlan here, on a late Friday night. Watching some Pac-12 after dark, that because of the weather, the light, the power went out at Husky Stadium, and we're still going. Great game here, twenty-one twenty-one, with about six minutes left. As always, we take the folks at www.purpleplanet.com, Mixler, for the tunes provided in the podcast. As always, we thank the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation for you know creators like myself. Doing it on, you know, all sorts of budgets. Want to be on the podcast? F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Want to sponsor it? Same story. Or just say, hey. Always looking to book guests. Need to get a little bit more aggressive in that in the coming weeks. Now that we are in the winter season. Give you some more entertainment. All right. Enough babbling. Let's get to it. The COVID Chronic has... Huh. I don't know. Somehow, almost three years into it, we can still manage to squeeze out a segment. But, you know, with the World Cup coming, I think this will be around for a little bit longer. But we shall see before this actually does become open face, as I keep promising. We're not there yet. So what have we got in COVID land this week? Well, something to keep an eye on is, you know, the World Cup is now, what, 16 days away or 17, whatever the hell it might be at this point. Let's see. What's... Yeah, I think it's 16. Um, should recent COVID spikes in China be a concern? <clears throat> yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think that what we're seeing in most of the other leagues where, you know, travel protocols have all been set up. This is an odd thing of bringing all these nations and fans together. So I do think that recent spikes in China should be a major concern. I mean, try this one on for size, shall we? Imagine going on a Disney adventure with your family and, you know, it's a Disney adventure, right? So, you know, right, everybody's having their time of their life, living their best lives. And imagine... Go in there and then being stuck there after the government imposes a COVID lockdown and no one can leave until they register a, a negative test saying they don't have COVID. Think, it's, think it could happen? It did in China last week in one of the Disney theme parks over there. This is exactly what happened. As you know, there are very strict lockdowns that are tied into these recent spikes. Right, that country trying to get, you know, this terrible virus that's been started there and has continued to affect, you know, large segments of that population. So anyway, yeah, people were stuck there, especially, and if they turned up positive, they couldn't leave until they had a negative test. Imagine that. It's like, when can we go home? Or then again, if they let you have access to some of the rides, maybe it wasn't so bad for the kids. Who knows? All we can tell you is, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on over there right now. I mean, with iPhone production basically grinding to a standstill, 
told you that a lot of it is flee to places like India, but the, you know, Foxconn, you know, the major maker of the iPhone devices. Yeah, big lockdown in the city. I can't pronounce it, not even try. It's got people fleeing back to their hometowns, and basically no iPhones are being made at the main Foxconn plant. There's actually stuff there to keep an eye on as we get near the holiday season, you know, and that's when they do some of their biggest sales. You also, what's coming out of there, like most of the major fast food chains are posting big losses because of the uh, not people not being able to dine in and, you know, the focus being more on the whole takeout apps, which we all enjoy as far as convenience. But yeah, I mean, you imagine a country that big, McDonald's, Taco Bell's, and KFC's, you know, all having bleak forecasts as far as what, what their earnings are going to be. Crazy stuff. Um, you know, speaking of the World Cup, you're also going to have in Qatar. You know, they're going to pay fans in return for good PR. We've got more on that coming up later. But I think it's interesting, you know, given how maybe that's just to make people, you know, not talk so much about, you know, that app I spoke of last week, which is totally like Big Brother completely looking in on what's going on with you. So we'll keep that on that. Okay. Another thing I thought was kind of interesting coming out of COVID land was that report that says it would take basically, you know, all the all the people, lawyers and investigators working, it would take them a hundred years, they say, to investigate all of the cases of pandemic fraud. So shame on you people who are out there ripping every ripping you know, the man and the lady off, basically getting your grift on at the expense of others using the pandemic. Shame on you all. There's some special TMCA time for you at some point. Maybe not today, but yeah, 100 years. Imagine that, and that's not surprising. Nor is, you know, the what I've been keeping track of all along, is for, you know, with Vegas. Now, Vegas to me is a great, barometer of you know how people are still responding to this and this is by travel and by you know going out and spending that coin and what is the mgm grand says you know that place you know, i used to live out there i think i've told you before you know right you know where you're miles away you see that green mass and when you even walk by it, it seems like it takes a half an hour to clear you know the casino and actually get somewhere else uh, their profits are up 67% from quarter three, 2021. 67%. People were already out getting their gambling, their grub, and, you know, everything else you do in Sin City. But to be up 67%, right, just shows you how we have indeed turned the corner, even if, as we just talked about in China, the threat is always going to be out there. Um, okay. You know, there's all kinds of interesting tidbits that keep, you know, flowing out. I thought this was kind of interesting, too. You know, the report that came out this week that says, like, math and reading scores were down for fourth and eighth graders. I was thinking, well, crap. Well, I would think it would be even higher, you know, given the stress, given the distractions, you know, especially all the working from home, unless, of course, you're like the, the, the stud kids, live over here next to me at the Waldorf school that set up shop outdoors, especially with the weather coming up. You got to say, wow, 
but yeah, I'm not surprised. Only that it should be, you know, I think it, that you would probably see, you know, drops in more than just fourth and eighth graders. But maybe that's the only this report only looking at those two grades as a sample size. I don't know. Maybe I should do more research, huh? Okay. I guess lastly, I'm kind of wondering, you know, in terms of one of the reasons why we have been able to turn the corner is that people are vaccinated. And, you know, that means that there's less chance that they're going to get real sick and have to be hospitalized. But I'm wondering that when these government contracts end and folks like Pfizer are talking about we'll have to fork over $130 to get, you know, a booster down the road, will people be willing to pay $130 to keep avoiding being sick? Because obviously we know this doesn't last forever in terms of, you know, the effect of, you know, the different flavors that are available here in the United States. I don't know. We shall see. Alrighty, folks. That's what's up in COVID land. We'll be back with the high view of campus on the other side. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Season 5, episode 2, 130 overall. Good to begin the fifth season. I'm telling you, we are going to rock some stuff in this fifth season. It's been a really crazy couple of weeks outside of the foxhole. So, you know, some of the things I've had on plan have just not been able to materialize as we're going through another crazy transition you know hopefully this transition is a little bit smoother than some of the other ones i've been on in recent years but hey we're a battler here all right side of besides battling you know the forces of life it's you know and the weather outside we're gonna take the drones out we have our adult beverages our hipster friends are probably out at the bar getting their party on but without, we'll take the drone and fly, take a late night view. It could be a lot of fun over campus. And it'll be a very high view at this hour. You can guarantee that. Okay. 2121, minute 27. Big penalty here. I think we have a pass interference, which should be an extreme game changer. 2121, Beavers and Huskies. Yeah. Both are six and two. So what's the big story on campus to start the week? Well, we're always talking about the lack of patience, especially when you talk about, you know, a legacy program like Auburn. Auburn fires Brian Harson after 21 games. He was nine and 12, not setting the wool on fire. You could, sit, you could break out the Joe Pesci line. And, and it would be probably true that, yes, it was probably too big for him. But that said, 9-12, and 12, 21 games. And already it's just like, nah, this isn't working. And that just gives you an indication of where we are right now when it comes to, <coughs> excuse me, you're at one of these, you know, Okay, when I when I say literal, sometimes you'd say blue blood, or but just you know Auburn, which is I would say a legacy type of program, you know a brand, 
there's not going to be patience. I mean, crap. You're not even, I mean, you're, you're like basically, you know, halfway in the second season and you're just looking around the room and just say, ah, uh-uh. you know, we got way too much money, especially with NIL, that we're going to, we're, we're going to pussyfoot around. I'm talking about it since this podcast began. This is another example of it. But, you know, another example of the big schools, these legacy programs, once again, do what they do. And, you know, with Kansas, uh, they suspend Bill Self and his assistant for the first four games. And, you know, to me, this is just what these, these schools doing what they do best. These four games, obviously non-conference. I mean, it being Kansas, so I'm sure that, you know, they have some tough games mixed with the cupcakes, so I shouldn't be too harsh for saying this. But, yeah, I think when you suspend somebody for four games at the beginning of the year, you're just like, yeah, okay, you know, we're going to pretend like we're taking the high road. If the NCAA wants to let them this far and lets them get away with it, fine. Okay. You know, last week, when the Wolverines go into 9-0, like I told you, in-state rival, I was wrong. Michigan State did not have enough to beat Michigan, but the optics of that brawl in the tunnel, and I'll have a little bit more about this, you know, in a closer look, very bad. Eight players ended up being suspended, and the optics, I know Harbaugh, very hot, crazy stuff. He wants criminal charges filed, and, you know, video says a lot, you know, when you see it on camera. You know, at least if, if you're Rodney King, it did, even though it didn't want the outcome didn't come out. But you're right, you get a lot of emotion. And you get, you know, a lot of, how do I say this? Pontificating. And that's what you, and, and in this case, I didn't mind people getting on a high horse. Because it looked ugly. You know, you're stomping that kid. Anyway. Yeah. But Wolverines do go to 9 0. You know, locally, Ducks Cruise, they said, is there still a chance? Told you about the Beavers, you know, making the top 25. What is there, like four or five schools in the Pac 12 and the uh, top 25, which is really cool? Which leads me to talk about Bill Walton coming out, having a conversation, making the rounds as, as college basketball starts on Monday. Woohoo! But Scalding's alma mater for, you know, the potential move. Are we surprised that Walton is not down with the Bruins going to the to the Big Ten? Well, you know, Walton is a classic Pac-8 kind of guy. Always cut up in the lore when his Bruins, you know, were as dominant as they were. And, you know, I people his age, people my age have, you know, that sense of nostalgia that we feel is being taken away with, you know, all of these power moves. But, you know, the, the reality is, and we'll see, because, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's afoot as far as what can happen here down the road. Um, Okay. How about Lane Kiffin getting the last laugh on Jimbo, right? As far as taking a dig when uh, his boys... Ole Miss were able to take down AM. And, you know, this is becoming such a disappointing season for the Aggies. Do you wonder how that at season's end, will Mr. Harson 
I mean, that will Jimbo be joining Mr. Harson? Uh, you know, for rounds of golf out there somewhere nice down in the south, <laughs> right? I mean, it may happen before this season's over at this rate. Some people don't really have a lot of patience anymore. Okay, what else do we got? First scan of the CFP. Any surprises there? Well, well yeah, Michigan's not there. And, you know, you have to ask yourself if you're big blue, are you mad? On the other hand, Tennessee with its win over Alabama, number one. Ohio State, two. Georgia, three. And Clemson, four. And you all know how I feel about Clemson, you know. They look so dang fraudulent. Um, you know, so I think if you're Harbaugh and the way the Wolverines have played, in spite of the thuggery that you saw from Michigan State, you know, but it's a tough year for Michigan State, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, right, I think for now, we have the big matchup coming up, right? Um, Tennessee and Georgia. Marquee. After last week, because last week was just like a flatliner. You know, there was a couple of okay matchups, but I think that's, the you know, kind of like we reached that point before we hit the home stretch and everything starts to become interesting. You know, and this Tennessee-Georgia, which is going to have all kinds of ramifications later on as far as who's going to play, although there is some belief that they're, that even if there's three one-loss teams, you know, from the SEC, there's a, there's a possibility that they all could, whoa, you know, <laughs> this, this game is coming, there's 14 seconds left, third and goal, and the Huskies just missed the sh missed had a guy drop the ball in the end zone. Lost some train of, train of thought there. But yeah, this I I think this uh, matchup of one and four as far as the first CFP tomorrow is going to tell us a lot. You know, speaking going back to the whole Auburn thing now that Harson's gone. Um, you know, a lot of momentum from all sorts of corners that Neon Dion should take that job. And you know, it made me think. Yeah, it's, it, it, if it's offered to him, I mean, I think what he's doing for the HC, the HCBUs is actually fantastic. You know, I, I, right? The HBCUs and the and the visibility that he's allowing those conferences to get, I think he's better served doing that. But on the other hand, you know, given the what he's done down there at Jackson. Maybe taking it to a bigger stage, as I said, you know, earlier in these podcasts. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea at all, right? I I, I think either way, you know, it's a win-win. You know, it might be a little, it might be a loss if Dion comes goes to Auburn and he's a flop like Harson, but you know how Dion believes in himself and you know, give him some resources. Definitely gonna have have some thoroughbreds over there for sure. We know this, we know. Um. Okay. You know, there's a question I have. You know, I was like, what was it? Buffalo and Kent State on Tuesday night. And, you know, okay. The football junkie at me says, great, there's something to watch. But the reality is, come on, man. Let's, let's do away with these Tuesday games that nobody cares about. I mean, maybe it's a good night on campus to go party and whatnot. Okay, we have a flag on the field. So I thought the Huskies have apparently kicked the winning field goal. 
Yeah. I just think if, you know, I don't... Right, nobody good is ever going to want to be in a Tuesday night matchup. You know, I mean, years ago it had some novelty, but I just like see these games of teams I that only people that go to these schools give a blank about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lastly, speaking of, you know, the movement of teams and conferences, you know, brought it up with the whole Walton thing in UCLA. Apparently the Zags. Zaga, those folks in Spokane. Spokane. They're talking about joining the Big 12. A lot to say here, as you know, like many folks feel that the Pac 12 should have made an overture to get Gonzaga, especially to enhance his basketball programs. But as in front of the show, Alec Ford both kind of agree. The greed of the four Northwest schools, especially. We're not sure we're not letting Gonzaga in on, on our thing. Probably is what prevented that. And now the Big 12 has a chance. And it's a missed opportunity given that Gonzaga and the Pac-12 would help the basketball brand considerably. All right, man. We're getting through this thing really quickly. We will be back with something interesting on the other side. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox trying to get a foxhole. All kinds of mayhem as the Huskies have taken the lead. There's one second left on the clock. Um, got like, I guess it's an unsportsmanlike conduct, but I'm guessing it's probably for a celebration because I may have to go 15 yards from here. Ooh, wee, things can get a little bit interesting, but they have not taken the points down. I'll keep you updated. Well, you'll know by if you're watching this podcast, but always like to give that actual timestamp. I think our man number nine there got a little too celebratory. Okay. Well, well, well. Time for one of my favorite subjects or segments of the week. Something you should probably know. Or things that went on in the sports world this past week you might care and want to know about you know it being election day and whatnot coming up here on Tuesday right um, midterm elections a lot of um, big governor's races we know we have one here where Oregon could possibly elect a red governor I doubt it in the end the powers that be are, make, are going to conspire and make sure that doesn't happen but hey that's a possibility shows you what kind of year it is but you know I've talked about this in the past on podcasts okay it is a final Huskies win 24-21 tough loss for Jonathan Smith but Phil Knight Guy's going to be Teflon. I know the things that he's done here in Eugene on the U of O campus. You know, it's, you know, to basically turn, you know, what was 
a, a, you know, decent program into a juggernaut. And the stuff that he's done, you know, with sports in general, as we've talked about, the vertically integrated, the vertically, the vertically integrated enterprise that he has going on that schools like Oregon have created a template and, and many have followed. Amazing that this guy never gets any flack for supporting right-leaning candidates. It's like a WTF head-scratcher. You know, we we have no dog in this fight, so we're not picking on Democrats or Republicans, red or blue. But we do know that given, you know, the WSM and just in general how popular culture tends to be, it is really amazing that Phil gets no flack for supporting these candidates and, I mean, and doubling down on wanting to see like someone like, you know, whatever her face is who's running for, you know, I can't stand the ball, but who's ever running for that woman that's running for a gover governor in Oregon for some reason her name is escaping me at the moment. Maybe that's because I can't stand her. But uh, that's not, it's just, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, I've been independent since 1984. Damn proud of it. And, um, yeah. But I, I do find it amusing that, you know, most other people would be, you know, on the on, on the barbecue being based with the, with the sweet baby rays for having, you know, this dance and putting the kind of money that Mr. Knight has been doing. But when you are, you know, a mogul, and you've got some Teflon around you, apparently, all's well. Okay. <laughs> I know, we got a lot out of that, didn't we? Um, okay. I, you know, I told you I didn't care. And it took me a couple of days to even figure out this. But you got to give Mr. Paul some credit. Now, I know Mr. Silva is like 47 years old, so let's not, you know throw rose petals and get all, you know, American beauty going here, <laughs> right? Um, but, hey, it's another it's another win for him. He's going to get, you know, a, another high-profile fight after this, and as long as he's winning, you know, you got to give the guy props. Simple as that. Uh, okay. So we had the Grand Prix of Mexico as... F1 is quickly winding down. We know Mad Max has already taken the wreath. And Mad Max, last week, wins his 14th race of the season, becoming the first driver to do so. So, yeah, Lewis Hamilton finished a distant second, kind of the way the year has gone for the former champion. Final four is set for the NASCAR finale. Oh, yeah. Winding things up in Phoenix this week in the big showdown. So who the final four are going to be? Well, now we know. Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Mr. Logano, and Chase Elliott. All racing for the series crown. Should be a lot of exciting stuff to go all, uh, along with a very eventful Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Very exciting. Although we have to take a quick pause to, 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 to look at the junior circuit, the Xfinity series, and wonder will they punish Austin Hill as they did Bubba, as the big circuit did with Bubba. You know, I've always picked it on Bubba, but this guy clocked somebody 
and you know, cause some unnecessary BS. So it would be ridiculous if this guy doesn't have to sit the pine for a week if you're gonna make Bubba. Yeah, that's right, Bubba, I got your back for once. Speaking of another Bubba, how about Bubba Watson coming out this week? You know, he hasn't really been relevant in recent years. We're not gonna say he's long in the tooth, but he's on the cusp of it. But he came out and basically said, He's laughing at this, you know, whole boo-ha-ha over the lip, especially when it comes to sponsor money criticisms. He comes out and basically says, Hey, man, I've been paid under the table for years to attend PGA events, especially some of these ones, you know, events that nobody really gives a blank about. It's like saying that, you know, for these people to sit there and be on the high horse, it's just really hypocritical when everybody's been doing it for years. Which, if it's true, as Greg Norman says, I didn't get any money, but I believe it. That's what's going down. Yeah, you know, at, at some point, people just need to shut the F up about this. As I've been saying all along, there's a lot of money, all kinds of bags to be had. So, yeah, I, I think Bubba, you know, and others, sooner or later, we'll come to this realization. And who knows? Maybe we can just have like a Super Bowl, like the AFL, NFL with the, the Lib. And the PGA somehow, you know, in some kind of, right, be great TV. We'll see. Maybe they'll take my idea. See, what else did we find interesting this past week? Well, crap. I mean, you know, the bad behavior narrative, you know, it, it strikes again. You know, and this, uh, oddly enough, in the investigation of the soccer and all the bad stuff that's going on with the Thorns, well, we have somehow out of this, the CEO of U.S. Curling is now out as part of this bad behavior. You all guys can't stay away from even, you know, as ripe as the fruit may be. Those are the kind of things y'all shouldn't be doing, you know it. And that's why the hammer's been coming down really hard. You know, there's nothing, no way around it. Okay. And so, out of something you should probably know, or just something you might find interesting, how about allegations of cheating at the National Cornhole Championships? I mean, it's one thing that cornhole is even that big, but the idea of people cheating and the fix being in there, you know, wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was already laughing last week about the whole esports thing. Now we've got people, you know, who are cheating and doing some, you know, not-so-nice things on the cornhole circuit. Wow. Effed up world we're living in, huh? Okay. And then lastly, you gotta give some, you got to give some props to the you know, Chinese men. I mean, owning the world gymnastics universe, you know, like mafia bosses. They just won their 12th title, right? I mean, so yeah, just, I mean... Pure dominance there. All right, folks, we are zooming along. We will be back with some NBA beat on the other side. Welcome back to the foxhole. 
Eagle's Nest 2 Studios and Studio B. Very rainy Friday night. You'll probably get this podcast early Saturday morning while you're unfurling your college football sports day. Big day, big matchups, MLS championship. Talk some about that here shortly. Okay, let's do some NBA beat. A lot going on in the association as we get into another week. Now that we're, you know, all settled in. Obviously, the big story this week, the Kyrie nonsense is like on steroids. It's next level. Yes, he was suspended by five games and his sponsorship with Nike suspended. This whole anti-Semitic thing. See, remember what I used to say? Kyrie, oh Kyrie, oh Kyrie. I mean, right, I've been on this guy since this podcast began and all the nonsense. And to think the Lakers at one point were trying to bring this guy in. I mean, this guy, we've talked about ad nauseum. He has so many TMC award, TMCA awards, right? He has to probably build his own, you know, wing in his house for them. And now this whole anti-Semitic uh, thing. Really, dude? You know... I mean, I don't care if you think you're the smartest man out of the room. This shows you you're not. We've told you about what happens when you attack the tribe. It's career suicide. You know, ask Megan Fox about that. Ask others who decided to go there. And there's just no need. And, you know, kind of being stubborn about it instead of like realizing, oh, F. I just screw. I just sank my battleship. Yeah, you know, so much to be go on, on here, you know. And right, you know what I sit there and go right with Sarver and Sterling and the lack of of outrage from the woke warriors, the sports woke warriors. I mean, right, guys like LeBron, Chris Paul, and, and Draymond, all coming down, you know, hard on Sarver. And then, you know, the outreach was Sterling before. Not giving these guys a pass for being the asshats they were, but you've got to call this guy out for being an asshat, especially because, okay, it's New York City. You know anything about New York City? <laughs> and the people who are possible season tickets that go to the Barclays Center? You know, this guy hurting your product, and you're not calling him out. This mess was so much, and this is even, you know, while this is all going on, Brooklyn decides to part ways with Steve Nash. Given the start and the chaos, it's not surprising that the man upstairs decided, nah, we, we're just going to need to, we, we need somebody else. Of course, what are they, what are the, what's their plans? It's to bring the Adoka stench, currently on a one-year suspension. You know, with the Celtics having a reason to terminate him. And I'm sure the Celtics wouldn't mind having the stench leave their building and going down there. Now, I think it would be a great hire for the Nets if he can get past, you know, the optics of it. But I think now with Kyrie, you know, basically having the team, you know, right in DEFCON 2 mode, you know, the whole organization, you know, you can see KD at the, at the shoot around and how frustrated he was being asked about this nonsense. And then, you know, 
having the temerity to say, hey, I just want to get back to playing basketball and getting scolded for that and then having to come out and say, I love everybody. Yeah, I just think, you know, we've talked about this guy, as I've said, ad nauseum. The fatigue of it, it's wearing on someone like Katie and it's probably taken the joy, you know. And as far as Nash goes, do you think he'd want to coach again after being around these night jobs? Hell no. It's like, yeah, let me go watch soccer and appear in the studio shows again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the optics with, uh, of them hiring Adoka with all this stuff, I mean, it just, it's beyond shitty to me. I think the Dubs are, or, or three and five when I have this bu bullet point. They lost again tonight to the Pels. And Miami's beating them twice. Miami's kind of slow start. It's hard for me to say because, you know, about the dubs. You know, yeah, they're looking a little bit long on the tooth. But when you have a team that's won for the last eight championships in that same way that you're not going to write Tom Brady off. But, yeah, they have gone from looking very formidable to looking very ordinary, you know, <laughs> like, like quicker than you can flick the light switch. Something we'll be keeping an eye on. The Lakers have won two in a row until... They got reality by the surprise handed to them by the surprising Utah Jazz as they lose one thirty one sixteen tonight, and at that point the whole Russ coming off the bench thing it looked good until today. But uh, like when the two Lakers wins, you can't take too much out of and the loss tonight against a very good Utah team that's defying expectations. You know they got the first win on Sunday, and this is the same night that they finally. Uh, raised the banner for George Mikan. His number ninety nine is now up there, and you know they give the ban they gave the banners a new uh, you know makeover. It looks kind of neat in there now. You know the crypto, and it's basically going to be the Lakers building. Nice such there, but I still said, what the hell took you so long to honor basketball's first big man? Still, still mind blowing to me that it's t that that his jersey did not appear in the rafters. Of you know Laker arenas until 2022. Man played in the 1940s and 50s for crying out loud, folks. FFS as they say, right? Okay, what else do we have here? Yeah, about that game, you know, you know, right? Again, where they got the big win against the Pelicans, where basketball's Manny Ice, Matt Ryan with the improbable three. Um, I you know LeBron said he was sick. I didn't get to watch too much of the game tonight, but I'm thinking LeBron and Tom Brady are becoming washed at the very same moment in time. Just, you know, Father Time being undefeated. And the Oregon governor's name, now I see the commercial, Christine Johnson. <laughs> I can't, it's so funny I couldn't remember that, gee. Uh, anyways, yeah, LeBron looking kind of washed. Um, you know... Cavaliers looking really good. The whole partnership of Mitchell and Garland looking real smooth. No joke that they're in a lot of people's early top five. I'm not looking at power rankings quite yet. I think we'll give it a couple of weeks. Um, and Blazers took jaw to the wire the other night, and they get a big win against Phoenix tonight. A team I thought, like the Jazz, should be taking. Instead, they're playing like they're legit. And what you've seen from Portland so far, even with Dame Dollar Holler on the shelf, right? Almost beat Memphis and beating the Suns tonight. Yeah. You know, give credit where it's due. 
Chauncey doing a fantastic job in the Rose City. Um, I think something you got to keep an eye on is always Kawhi sitting again. You know, he showed up against the Lakers, and then he hasn't really been in the lineup, and you know, the Clippers aren't as formidable when he's not on the floor, as you saw when they lost to the Pelicans. And a crazy week for them. But yeah, something we definitely are going to have to keep an eye on, as, as, as always, when it comes to, you know, Kawhi, because... If Kawhi is on injury management or can't go, then this whole idea of the Clippers being the most dangerous team in the whole NBA, that becomes not even a myth, that becomes more of a joke, or, you know, almost instantly. Um, Sixers lose to the Knicks tonight, shot in the arm for the, the, uh, the, the, the forgotten team in Gotham, but more or less... We have to wonder, how are the Sixers going to fare that we know Mr. Harden is probably going to be out of action the next month? He's got an injured foot. Could be rough. And we always know, you know, the tenuous at best uh, as far as Mr. Embiid being able to stay healthy. So, you know, Interesting storylines going on already early, you know, obviously with the rise of the Cavaliers, turmoil in Brooklyn, and now you see the 76ers kind of wobbling. Meanwhile, Giannis and company just off to a good stop, a start flexing, and nobody's ever talking about them, and yet they look like they are could be one of the early front runners to take their second crown in three seasons. We shall see. All right, folks, we'll be back with the Nightfall of Diamonds and a look at the ice rink of life on the other side. See you there. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Foxhole, Season 5, Episode 2, number 130 overall, your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Alright, let's talk some Knife Full of Diamonds first. What do we got? Well, an interesting thing. Can't say this is a surprise either. So, Mr. Manfred, that's right, the commissioner, he basically came out and said the Vegas A's will soon be a reality. Kind of, not even kind of, but basically saying we did all we could to try to keep the team in Oakland, and, but this whole thing of building something at the terminal is a pipe dream. Las Vegas, get your shovels ready. Build that dope-ass ballpark because the A's will be there before you can say Reginald Martinez Jackson. Yeah, I like that one. Well, yeah, it's not a shock. Um, crazy to see another team leave the East Bay, but knowing you know what I do in the short times that I've lived up in that part of the universe, not shocking. Okay, um, 
You would think the Bay Area would be a could, could hold team teams as it did for many years in football and basketball, but that's not really true. You know, it's kind of a one-team market. The Giants, 49ers, Warriors, and Sharks. You know, and I just think that, you know, I feel bad for Ace fans who have, you know, been through the good, bad, and in between. But, yeah, Vegas is part of the new future. Oakland is, unfortunately, you know, twilight. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, at some point, Mr. Manfred sees, you know, the writing on the wall. And I do believe the Vegas A's will be here sooner than we actually are anticipating. That's just how I feel it. Okay, let's go to the, let's go to the fall classic. Strohs and Phils. What a series, man, huh? Split the first two games of the series. You know, then uh, Harper and the crew bring out the lumber and have a homer party at Citizens on Tuesday night. It was like 7-0. Then the Strohs bounce back with a combined no-hitter. The second in World Series history. Third in postseason history. But second in World Series history, obviously you have to go back to Don Larson's epic perfect game against the Dodgers in 1956 for that feat. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we've seen a lot. Obviously, game five, you know, the Strohs used some pretty epic defensive plays to preserve a 3-2 win. And now they lead the series 3-2 and are on the cusp of winning their second World Series. Although I would not count the Phillies out quite yet. You know, they've shown a lot of resiliency as far as being able to, you know, win games throughout these playoffs. But, hey, it's been a great World Series. It's also cool in the game last night to see Mr. Verlander, and okay, Hampton's pretty happy too, winning his first World Series game so he no longer has that monkey on his back as we know he was 0-6 going into last night. So fair, but he gets the W there. So it should be an interesting weekend. Hoping to see baseball both days, and this goes yeah, the full seven games. Um, You got to wonder, though. How about Mr. Trout? You know, obviously, along with Mr. Harper, you know, Mr. Utani and Mr. Judge, you know, these are kind of, you know, I'm not going to say icons, but we'll just say the stars of this era. And his hometown, you know, watching the Phils on this great run while he's part of a dumpster fire along with Mr. Utani. You gotta sit there and wonder if he's just looking out the window, just like going, "What the f is going on in my in my career?" Other than I'm getting paid a lot, but I'm at home or I'm in my hometown, and that team's kicking it and watching, you know, all the adulation that Bryce Harper is getting. You know, yeah, it must be tough on him. <laughs> I mean, right? Woo! So. One question I do have to ask when it comes to the Fall Classic. So, if the Philly, if the Philly effect takes over, we talked about that as far as the whole economic thing happened. If they win somehow, will this be another one on Bake Dusty if the Astros fall short? I think the Rowdies would get their pound of flesh if H-Town loses this week. No, but I think as we've seen already with how feisty this bunch has been. I don't know if you could put this on Dusty unless somehow 
he manages to revert back to his Giants form here in the next two games, which with that bullpen that Houston has, I don't see it. Okay, I'm not rolling the Phillies out, but I also know that this would be a wonderful moment for Dusty if he somehow survives this weekend and he's one game away. Okay. Uh, what else do I have? Well, you know, I was kind of dumbing through. I have to wonder something here. Will new managers in Kansas City and Miami actually make a difference and we can see these teams in the playoffs soon? Kansas City, maybe. I just, like, this Miami thing. Okay. We all know about the the debacle the ballpark is and, you know, how it... We, we lost the OB for this, you know, lifeless place. Kansas City, maybe. Miami, yeah, I just don't see it. I just think that's just kind of a black hole for so many things. Although we will give the Dolphins some props for actually being one of the better teams in the AFC, but we can't say that about the Pooh. Can't say that about the Marlins. Just saying. Yeah, the Heat's all right. Okay. Then we have... My man, Nelson A. Props to that guy. Uh, Mr. Arendo winning his 10th consecutive Golden Glove Award. Yeah. Getting it done, you know, um, the defensive man and obviously with the stick. So props to him. I think it's interesting that, Ho that Jose, Mr. Conseco. Yeah. Haven't heard, that, heard from that guy in a while. He basically... Like others, he's urging Mr. Judge to leave New York. Get out of the Bronx. Spend, you know, the next phase of your career somewhere else where it's not such a dumpster fire. Yankees aren't that much of a dumpster fire. They make the playoffs, people. And uh, it is the Yankees, right? You know, I mean, the 27-time champion Yankees. And the fact that People want him to leave. It tells you something, right? Also tells me that he shouldn't listen to these folks. And if the Yankees are willing to back up enough Brinks trucks, which they should to keep him in the Bronx, I think he should stay in New York. Me personally, you know, I, I, you know, people like people like the Giants and the Dodgers. Dude, it's Gotham. Come on, man. All right, let's talk a little. Hockey as we take a hop in our Samboni and do the ice rink of life. Well, what do we have from hockey this week? Eh, a couple of things. One, we find out the Senators are going to be for sale. Wonder how much they're going to go for. You know, I'm kind of curious to see what an NHL franchise, especially when you talk about the Commanders, you know, being up at the five or six billion if they go on the market. Talk about that in the NFL report, obviously. Yeah, there's an interesting clause here, though. Whoever buys the Senators, the team must stay in Ottawa. Can't, you know, there can't be any re relocation. I guess that's one of the provisions of the sell. Good for, for Ottawa, especially if they can get better ownership. Okay. How about Ovi? He's scoring a 786 goal, which ties him with Gordy, the legendary Gordy Howe, for the most goals with one team. Pretty impressive, eh? Okay, lastly, let's go quickly with the power rankings. Things are swapping around a bit, and I like to see this. You know, that major shakeup this week in the power rankings, where we have the Boston Bruins taking over the top spot. 
Vegas Golden Knights finally making it into the top five at two. Carolina drops to three. Calgary remains, you know, hovering around four or five. I think they were three last week. And then we also get an appearance from the Edmonton Oilers. So a little shakeup there. We all like to see that. All right, folks, we are humming along this podcast, rolling through. We'll be back with some beautiful game life on the other side. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox Trying in a Foxhole. Faithful host Ken Harlan Hare, Season 5, Episode 2, 130 overall. Alright, let's go pitch side. Talk about some beautiful game life. Start up with the Thorns winning their third NWSL crown. Yes, Miss Smith being the taking the match honors. Cool stuff there. Great scenes, watching them celebrate, smoking the cigars. People going to Pea Park afterwards because you'll get fun. I was played in D.C. Game on CBS had basically 915,000 viewers uh, up from last year. A lot of people turning in for that. You know, great scenes overall. Good coverage. Hopefully, you know, that's a harbinger for what we're going to see tomorrow in the MLS. And speaking of the MLS, yes, the MLS Cup Final is finally tomorrow. And where is it going to be? Bank of California Stadium. As LAFC dismantles Austin to, sh- to earn a right to be in that final and to host it as they are the Supporters Shield winners. Big moment for the black and gold. As you know, Austin beat them twice, as I've told you. And as an LAFC fan, I was pretty nervous going in. But you're going to give the black and gold, you know, props for rising to the occasion. They will meet the Philadelphia Union, who, you know, after a little bit of a struggle at first, they dismantle the defending champions, New York City Football Club. So now in the MLS Cup Final, you have two teams who have never won. Obviously, either way, you know, given how Philly is doing so well, you know, but then again... LAFC being the darlings of the league, especially now that Atlanta United has faded from view. It's going to be a big moment for them. You know, my bias aside, you know, obviously you know who I want to win. High noon, ABC folks, or no, 12.30 or Fox actually. 12.30, probably, um, match probably start about 12.50, I'm guessing, you know, knowing that they got to sit and talk and, you know, Lick LAFC's lollipop, you know, right? I'm not saying that in a sexual way, folks. And don't get me all wrong over here, but you know, yeah. Probably see a lot of that, but really looking forward to it. Okay, before I stick my foot in my mouth, let's keep rolling here. That means that the SCCL, that's right, CONCACAF Champions League, the fill the set now as far as the teams that will be coming from the MLS. And we know that the Union, LAFC, Austin, by way of LAFC winning the Supporters' Shield, will make its first appearance in Champions League. Champions League. Looking forward to that. The Whitecaps, the winners in Canada, will be there. And the U.S. Open champions, Orlando City. So it's going to be cool to see these teams 
see if they can repeat what Seattle was able to accomplish this year and, and keep the Champions League trophy here stateside. It's been more thing about the MLS. Man, you know, this stuff, especially because it involves somebody that's on PSG, yeah, right. The media and the folks love to just try to stir things up. The latest having Messi to enter Miami as soon as next year. Okay, people, we know you're getting really nervous because Messi's really looking good in Paris and enjoying playing with Neymar and, and Mbappe. And so you got you to do anything you can to somehow disrupt that. Stop it. One thing to be very concerned about as far as I told you the COVID thing, the COVID segment, I should say, the World Cup. Injuries. A lot of big injuries. Mr. Sun, special his eye. Uh, Werder, right, won't be there for Germany. You know, it's been weird because you're seeing people get injured. You're also seeing folks who were in fabulous form at the scene. You know, at the beginning of the season, you know, obviously, you know, flexing pre-World Cup to being very precautious because, you know, like you say, with 16 days away, there just seems to be a lot, you know, of, let's say, walking on eggshells because, you know, we obviously got another big match day coming up here this, far, this weekend, you know, the matches going on. But, yeah, it, it's a major concern as far as people getting hurt. And you know, trying to avoid that, and what that may, what that effect that may have, as far as you know, the standings go. A lot of tight races. So let's see what's going on. Let's start out with UCL match day number six. Benfica six goal explosion earns them the top spot in Group H, despite PSG winning at Juventus, goes to the fourth tiebreaker, which is away goal scored, and because Benfica put up six. Over there in Israel, they win the group. Pretty shocking. So that means we're going to, you know, no real surprises, you know, as far as group stage being over. Other than, you know, Juventus and Barca both being booted back to the Europa League will enhance that competition, as you know. I like to say that it's a mixture of the flunkies and the dregs as far as that competition is concerned. But yeah, we'll be keeping on that a little bit more now. I mean, there's going to be some intriguing matchups, though, right? I mean, the draw is set for Monday, 11-7. Intriguing possibilities. Liverpool and PSG? Or, you know, they can face Real Madrid, Bayern City, Napoli, who's been red hot, or Chelsea. Yeah, being a runner's-up, you know, and then you have to face a squad like PSG that was a runner-up. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. What do we got? What else do we have? EPL. Arsenal lead by two after posting a 5-0 win over Nottingham Forest. City Spurs all win, while the Reds did lose at home to Leeds. And Brighton Howe blast Chelsea 4-1 at home. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a shocking result. Good to see Pulisic back on the pitch and looking good, though. Um, over in La Liga, you know, Real drew at home. They lead Barca in the table by one. Kind of tough sledding for Atletico Madrid as they're booted out of Europe. And their latest loss leaves the man in black squad eight, eight points behind the league leaders. No soup for you, apparently. In the Bundesliga, with all top four teams posting wins, still the surprise and pleasant is that uh, 
Union Berlin has a still a one-point narrow lead over Bayern, who posted six goals in their win over Mainz. Uh, Freiburg, you know, another pleasant surprise, doing well, obviously, winning their group in Europa League. They're hanging in there. And VBB kind of, you know, holding up, you know, things at the rear as far as, you know, the top five in, the, in that league is concerned. Over in Syria, I mean, Napoli, along with Benfica, you know, some of the red, most hot teams in, in all of Europe, you know, they extend their lead to five. Atalanta actually is in second, you know, AC Milan kind of stumbling, but they're six behind, they're still over there. They start winning the like over the weekend and doing well in Champions League. Kind of shocking they enter is like eight points behind the leaders. Over in League One, with the help of the Neymar, Mbappe, Messi Express, PSG was able to fend off a very stubborn trois. It was like four three at the park. So PSG leads by five now over Lons. Big matchup with La Lorient is coming up this weekend or surprise. Kind of interesting that the major and those majors in that conference, you know, Lille, Monaco, uh, Lyon, and Marseille are kind of mid-table right now, right? And could be in danger of not playing in Europe next year unless, you know, I use something drastic. Although you will give Marseille, even though I hate giving them credit about anything, let's see that they made it through and will be playing in the knockout round. It's also good to see some of the other squads doing well in Europa. I think it's time for, you know, a French squad to flex a little bit as far as, you know, those big European competitions. But it's a big weekend, you know, with LAFC and the Union at high noon. May have a short little segment afterwards as far as to talk about that. Still kind of debating that. Might even like film it or something, something like that. Anyways, exciting weekend as far as a beautiful game life. And we're that much closer to the World Cup. Right, I mean, and, you know, all those ads with John Hamm playing Santa Claus, you know, it does feel like a major holiday. Even though it's going to be like really cold, wet, and nasty, it will be outside on the deck going to some of these watch parties. It's going to be a lot of interesting times. Okay, we'll be back with a closer look when the other side appears. All right? Welcome back to the foxhole. One thirty, folks. I mean, that's how many episodes we've been able to squeeze in in this marvelous ride. Five seasons. All right. Time for us to get a little tough, talk a little trash, do whatever, editorialize, pontificate. A closer look. Let's start with the Book of Stupid and the Athletes that Live by It. Kyrie Irving. Right? How stupid can you be in this day and age? There's a couple of don'ts. You can't be racist. You can't be anti-Semitic. You can't be anti-alphabet soup. 
career killers. Then you got this fool for the Spurs pulling in the Sean, uh, the book of the Sean, exposing yourself. And people like the Spurs and Pop kind of looking the other way or choosing not to pursue it because the kid's a talent. But stupid. And there's so much. You guys have so many ladies in all these different cities. And yet, this dude, nah, man. I know you want to see what I got. I know you want it, so I'm just going to expose myself, and automatically, you'll be so oppressed you'll want to cling to it. No! I mean, career-killing stuff. I mean, when you've got people talking about Kyrie, possibly, you know, torpedoing his career, I'm not sure we're there yet, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. And, you know, we say, you know what I mean, extremism. But no, the book of stupid that these some of these guys are a part of. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not just those two. I may just put, use those two as an example as far as, really? I mean, nobody's telling you to be, you know, Russell Wilson and be, oh, gee, golly, gee, you know, right? But... Subscribing to the Book of Stupid and living every minute by it, I don't get it. Now, I know that, you know, even your handlers, you know, right? When you make that cut up, buddy, you don't want somebody barking in your ear, some tough love as far as keeping you online. It's like you're always around yes people who don't want to get cut off. And that's why these fools continue to do the stupid shit that they've been doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about this one? Why teams need to quit being cheap, or at least start using some common sense to avoid ugly scenes like we saw in the big house, like we saw in Tennessee. I mean, right, somebody's going to get hurt, going to cost the schools lots of money. So unnecessary. And you know, we're, we know, I, I like to call it the ESPN era when things really started getting big. So, you know, we're 30 something years into that, 40 something years into it. But, you know, we'll see, yeah, 35, 40. And we've seen, you know, the growth of this and the hysteria that goes along with it. We talked about this in previous episodes. This part we get, and we know there's only so much you can do. But you, there are things you can do to avoid what we saw in Knoxville and the ugly scene that we saw at the big house last week. I mean, it was like they were having a stall party with that guy. I mean, right? You know, stop counting the money for a second and, you know, think of responsible ways to protect the athletes, the fans, and this can be done. It's just a matter of, you know, coming up with a very good plan of, of a, I won't say attack, it's the wrong way, but just a nice detailed plan of how to get people out of harm when these games are over, right? You know, even if it has to be staggered, you know, and also keep the crowd at bay. You're making enough money to, to be able to put enough security in there to prevent these sort of things, right? It's just, okay. Maybe there's more of a, 
of a police presence than you would like, but to keep people safe, not a problem, especially with the kind of money you're making and just the potential, the liability that could, that could occur if we allow this nonsense to continue at the level that it has been, right? Okay, and the last one, you know, that I'll talk about. The coach killer. Ah, Kyrie, you're, you're around again. All right, look at Steve Nash. Okay, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the lack of experience, you know, even though guys like the Steve Kerrs, and even KD himself had praised them. But he got around some guys who were coach killers. And don't tell me coach that KD isn't of himself a coach killer, you know. Ask the guy at OKC about that. And now the situation, but, you know, I don't know how much of this is Kyrie. I don't know how much of this is KD or the fact of Ben Simmons, because Ben Simmons can be kind of a coach killer, too. But it kind of cracks me up that teams continue to take risk on these guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, perhaps are, are uncoachable. I mean, obviously, Kyrie, Cleveland, nah, 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 nah. You know, got a coach fired there. Got two coaches basically fired in, in Brooklyn. And the whole situation in Boston. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys and their diva antics. Not surprising that coaches probably, like we asked about Nash. Do we think he'll ever coach again? Well, I would think he is so scarred from dealing with those knuckleheads. Heck no. And you have to wonder about these teams that just, you know, look at some of these players. Now I know when you've got game, the the lust factor of what could possibly be if all goes right. But you are asking a lot for things to go right with some of these guys. Just saying. All right, folks. We are making incredible progress as far as, like, you know, getting these segments nailed down. It's been a lot of fun, especially on a late Friday night. Well, it's actually early Saturday morning now, windy and rainy and all that kind of stuff. Got my adult beverage out now, so I'm just sitting here cold, chilling. Okay, well, we've gotten this far, so we will hit you up with some, close you out, actually with some NFL report and some TMCA time on the other side. See you there. Alrighty, time to close things out with our look at what's going on in the No Fun League. Unfortunately, very somber start to this segment. Two icons losing a lot of these in recent years. You know, uh, icons from at least my childhood. Start off with Ray Guy, the Hall of Fame punter. You know, people thought Al Davis was crazy. This guy basically, you know, 
instrumental in making us pay more attention to special teams. I mean, remember when they had the first gondola video board up at the super, you know, the Superdome down in New Orleans? Our guy would hit the uh, hit the board with his booming punts. Yeah, I mean, iconic. And if that wasn't enough, obviously this hits really home for me. Somebody who should be in the Hall of Fame, and it's a crying shame that he's not. Mr. Trenches himself, the great Dave Butts, you know, NFL Player of the Year back in 1983. Started out with the Cardinals, but had many memorable years. Part of, you know, a couple of Super Bowl winners with the Washington Redskins. Yeah, all-time great Redskin, you know. Our condolences go out to the guy and Butts families, two iconic players. I mean, you know, as far as in my era, you know, and I think it's a shame that Dave Butts is in the Hall of Fame. Better get his butt in there at some point. It's kind of a drag. Speaking of Mr. Butts's old club, how about Snyder? Whoo boy. Okay, word got out this week that he's partnering up with Bank of America to explore a potential sell which caused many people in commander land, Redskin football team land to rejoice. Not so fast, folks. This guy, you know, another Teflon guy who seems to weasel out of things. I'll believe it when I see it, as I've said all along. Um, I do believe that all of the grief and hassle and maybe some of the financial struggles he may be facing and probably the inability that no one's going to let him build a stadium if someone like Jeff Bezos, you know, who, who remembered to, to want to partner with Jay-Z, or someone like Byron Allen coming up with a consortium, and they can come up with seven bills, because I have a feeling the comms could go that high, that there could be a bidding war if the comms do hit the market. And if you're Snyder, and somebody has between five and seven bill, then make all this nonsense go away, and you can just sit there and, and be a fan, counting your money, hanging out, watching your wife, who, if the things are true, it's just always looking at you. Like, That's most my money. Stay tuned. You know, we'll keep, keep an eye on that one. Obviously, you know, I have a vested interest in that. Okay. Guy, okay, let's see what happened on the field. How about C-Mac sizzling for the Niners? Whack the Rams again. They have the Rams number, at least in the regular season anyway. Um, I think we can say for, for now, the party might be over at SoFi. And, you know, like the Lakers before, you basically merge everything to get that one title, and it may take you a couple of minutes to reset because they look really ordinary right now. See them probably taking another loss this week. The Eagles are now 8-0 after their win last night. They're doing it effortlessly. Got to give the Texans and those cool red helmets they were wearing last night some props for at least making it an interesting game. But in the end, you knew it the outcome. Yeah, they're taking care of business. Um, you know, and I think Dak and them boys, they're keeping pace. You know, the Eagles haven't been able to run away yet. I don't know why the Dak hate's been wrapping up. This is who he's been. Yes, he needs to deliver, but that franchise needs to fucking deliver, right? You know, going back to the mid-90s, as we've said, you know, we're tired of saying it when it comes to them. You know, the Cowboys beat the Bears, who I think are a mixed bag. They trade Rukon Smith to Baltimore. They acquire Chase Claypool to give, um, you know, 
their young phenom, right, uh, a, a weapon. Obviously, they need to see what Mr. Fields brings to the table and all that stuff. Um, yeah, you know, kind of curious about them because obviously, you know, they're not as bad as they, you know, as their, as their record may appear, but they're not as good either as people think they might be when it comes to the Bears. Okay. You know, we've been singing the Dirty Boulevard, busting out Lou Reed's New York quite a bit lately. You know, the deluxe edition with all the cool bonus tracks. Well, the Dirty Boulevard this week is full of vomit and piss after the Giants and Jets both take losses. You know, the foot had to come do it. In, but then again, you know, the Giants are, what, 6-2? and two. The Jets are 5-3. and three. Still, I mean, in the pit house, as far as exceeding expectations are concerned. So, but, yeah. You know, a little bit of normalcy returns to the Dirty Boulevard this week. Kind of like the Seahawks and Geno continuing to flex and remain in the conversation. Hey, you know, it isn't pretty at times, but the but Pete Carroll, he's having fun again while Russ struggles. And, you know, he's, Pete's looking around at guys like Dick Sherman and others who are critical. He's like, nah, man, I still got it. You know, him and Belichick both, you know, getting way up there in the years, but still managing to, to maintain quality products on the field. Got to give them props there, man. You know, the Jets, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say, though, right, when it comes to the Jets. I mean, because if you can't beat Mac Jones, you know, what, you know where, where do you think we actually believe you were going in the first place? And I know the Patriots are a good story, but still. Hmm. Another interesting story. Speaking of Mr. Snyder, his commanders win their third straight. The legend of Taylor, Taylor Henneke continues. And I'm pretty sure Mr. Ursay, for all the shit he talked, had a pretty nasty hangover. Probably got all pilled and drunk after losing. You know, he's like, I lost to those mofos three in a row. The comments were at four and four. Of course, that's why all the crazy stuff happens because when there's something good going with that team, the people who hate it say, nah, man, we can't have this. Let's let's stir up the shitstorm. Big game as Kirk Cousins comes to the nation's capital for the first time since leaving for the Vikings. You know, major major moment for both teams as far as that's concerned. I think it's safe to say the Las Vegas Raiders are on life support after a shutout loss in the Big Easy. Okay, the Saints aren't horrible. But come on, Raiders, 24 dick. Yeah, I mean, whatever the optics might be there, definitely the disappointing team of the season. Speaking of Russ, he actually cooked in the fourth quarter while T-Law, that's right, Trevor Lawrence, and his mates find another way to lose a close game. This was in London. If you got up early on Sunday morning, I'm sure that things might be better now that we know Mr. Ridley, after he serves his gambling suspension, will be going to Jacksonville next year to join T-Law and give him another viable weapon. Speaking of the Vikings, they look better by the week, but without any competition, it's hard to say whether they're legit or fool's gold. They get a big acquisition getting T.J. Hawkerson from the Lions, and it'll add to their offense. 
course, Mr. Hawkerson had some shade of the, of the Lions basically coming into the locker room and saying, good, it's good to be around people that are dedicated to winning an organization you know, that has, you know, aspirations. Basically, I can say, hey, in Detroit, man, I was just, you know, spinning my wheels. Got to give the Dirty Birds some props. They are flying right now. Can they win the division of the heavy, heavily favored Bucks? Yeah, it's highly possible. Marcus Morioto, getting things done over there. A lot of interesting, cool things over in Hotlanta. The Bills look like they truly are next level, and the Packers look like a six or seven win team at the moment, following that Sunday night debacle. No surprise there when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, you know, obviously. Feeling good about themselves. Got a new crib finally, you know, in the works. And, you know, obviously, like with the Chiefs, probably one of the best teams in the league right now. Packers. I mean, I don't even have anything to say about you, A-Raj, this week. You guys just stink. Like I said, I'm seeing a six or seven win team here. Okay. The lake gets a taste, which is always cool. Of course, you know, we don't really, it, it was all about Mr. Henry. Tying OJ and, and uh, man, I don't have talked about OJ in a while. And Adrian Peterson for the most 200-yard games of the career. Pretty impressive there. Hold on one second. Whew. Scratchy voice. You know, scratchy throat here. Talking too much. Yeah. Tying, you know, it's what? 600, I mean, no. Six 200-yard career games. Boy, it sure seems like OJ had more of that. Must have, must have had like three, three or four of those alone in the seven, that historic 73 season when he went for 2003 and 14. Uh, okay, what else do I got? Ah, let's see, we'll close, up, we'll, close this, we'll close this part of the segment up with, with the Dolphins. Tua getting the Dolphins to five and three. You know, Alliance finding more ways to give their fans a reason to do something else on Sundays. No surprise there. Key here with Miami. Big acquisition, getting Bradley Chubb from Denver to make their defense even more solid, and then signing him to a five-year, $119 million extension with $63.3 million of it guaranteed. Lots of happiness in the Chubb house, and, you know, everybody's just smiling. Dolphins looking to make a run. So it's telling the Bills, hey, we already beat you once. You know, you haven't shaken us yet in spite of losing Tua for a couple of games. It's going to be fun watching how that race shapes up. All right, then. It is that time of the week. TMCA time to give out those stainless steel bowls and less smelly varieties that come in complimentary, regular, and XL sizes for people whose deeds during the past week warrant the award or just being who they be. Let's start off with, we'll give a XL to Florida Gators loyal backer, Britton Cox Jr. for being that guy. Yeah, that's right. Dismissed from the squad for numerous things. As they say, obviously couldn't get with a new program, punching people and just being an ass. I'm going to give Mel Tucker, Michigan State, three XLs, a three strip. For the mess in Ann Arbor this past weekend, I mean, just manifesting into a complete shit show with the worst optics all around after last year's success 
what a nightmare. Won't be surprised after all this nonsense if he joins Mr. Harson as well in, in, in the Jimbo. They might all be having a, 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 a round or two in Hawaii, you know, in, in about a month or so. Um, okay. This one, I'm just going to give regular sizes. You know, right. This goes out to G.J. Moore taking off his helmet, even though maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he shouldn't have been flagged for that. The refs may have gotten it wrong. The refs got it wrong. They get it. Well, I think they did. And homie, haven't you learned football 101, especially in this age? Keep your damn helmet on. I don't care where you are. Especially, I mean, that costs them the game, basically. So that's why I got to hook you, DJ Moore. Keep your helmet on. I'm going to give an XL to the Stanford administration for suspending the mascot who unfurled the Stanford Hates Fun banner. Come on, man. I get it. You can't have that kind of insubordination, but come on, man. And we're going to give a five strip to Josh Primo. Really, dude? Like I said, in the book is stupid, man. You know, there's so much trim out there for you guys, and you're going to sit there and try to flash the team psychologist? What the F's wrong with you? And they have your handlers try to adamantly deny it? I mean, if the lady's got a high pirate lawyer, I don't think she's... I, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're just a rockhead. That's why you need to get five. If it turns out to be different, I'll be rescinding this. And who knows? If it gets more tawdry, maybe I'll, I'll add another five and give you an unprecedented 10 strip. I'm just... You know... Okay. Now, this one gets a three strip. XLs. Remember I talked about earlier in the COVID Chronicles about, you know, the folks in Qatar uh, giving out, you know, free trips to the World Cup in order for good press. Well, how about, right, the American outlaws? Yes, the American outlaws, you know, you know, you know the, the biggest progenitors of American soccer getting free, some of them are getting free trips to the World Cup just so they can spy and report on folks who might be saying bad things about the host country. Yeah, not going over well. I mean, yes, being able to go to, to attend the World Cup is a trip of a lifetime, but I just can't see this ending up good for anyone involved as far as that goes. Okay, we're going to give Jerry Jones an XL. Really, dude? I mean, I get the blind referee thing, but, you know, we're a little bit more sensitive these days. And so, of course, people were going to be pissed at you for pulling that one. Especially, just given all the tawdry stuff, you might have want to left that one alone. Um, I'm going to give, you know, complimentaries to all those chicks, those Phillies fa chicks fans fighting on the dirty bathroom floor after they got no hit. In game four, yeah, that, you know, check it out on Twitter somewhere. Gotta give, you know, gotta give them complimentaries, boy. Okay, and lastly, gotta give an XL to the reporter that thought Kellen Acosta was on the Union. You know, talking, you know, Kellen Acosta, LAFC, as I told you, LAFC and the Union are playing in the MLS Cup Final tomorrow, talking about how's it feel to be part of, you know, all these teams are winning, you know, with the Eagles. And you know, and he's like, you know, has that classic look at us. But hey, dude, I play for LAFC. I don't play for the Union. Yeah, give that guy an XL. All right, folks, we have made it through number 130. 130 up, 130 down. 
Looking forward to the next 1.30. See you probably in about, you know, a week or so, maybe sooner. Set up that. We'll, we may have something, you know, a segment that we film this weekend, depending on how it goes. Always be safe out there. As we talked about the COVID Chronicles, numbers going way up in China. Don't know if that's a harbinger for things to happen globally, but never hurts to be vigilant. Going to be cold and wet up here and probably a lot of other places, so enjoy those adult beverages. Stay, stay warm. Watch plenty of good sports. And if you're like your jammy jam on, make sure to watch some cool things on Couch Tour. Till then, keep it real. Keep the peace. We'll see you soon.